listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Here we are already at week three of Legacy. And I seriously pray that you, like I have, have been moved over these last two Sundays with the reality of what God can do when we say yes. I've said scores of times, if we do what God wants us to do, then we will see and do what God wants us to achieve. Remember, an unactivated yes produces limited kingdom expression. And if for some reason you've missed church over the last couple of weeks, please go onto our website, hear the powerful stories and see what God is doing through legacy. This year, we've made it a point of highlighting so much of what God is doing. For example, Kiwi Contacts. It's primarily a support service for refugees and immigrants that are new to New Zealand. Through relationships primarily with refugee centres, our volunteers are able to provide support as needed and enable the best possible entry into New Zealand. Love Packs. It's a simple initiative, but it provides so much and basic care for children who find themselves in hospitals. They are provided with pyjamas, toiletries, and any of the necessities that they need. Also under the umbrella of our community focus is Red Frogs. And last year, we saw our Red Frogs team with 460 volunteers around the country serve our communities through more than 13,000 hours of volunteer work. This ministry provides support to young people right on the coalface where so many are making damaging decisions. Another significant partnership with the community focus is A Girl Called Hope. This is a non-profit organization working with young women who face life-controlling issues and behaviors such as anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and self-harm. And the support we offer through Legacy helps show these young women it's not over, there is a purpose, and they all have a reason to live. Some real exciting news with our Quality Education Services project that just took place last year when we shifted it from business to community is now we have received our own charitable status. QES provides youth education and employment training. And after a shift in contracts with the Ministry of Social Development, we are now considered one of the leading providers in the area of preparation for work. It's a miracle. Together, we do make a difference. We're all helping unemployed people find a renewed future and back into the workforce. One of our flagship community events that our Melbourne campus holds every year is Life Festival. And this is a day that's designed to incorporate the community, to bring families, neighbours, friends together and build relationship while having fun and entertainment. It's become a key opportunity to make life known in the city and get to invite people to Sunday. When it comes to church across life, we are fully committed to our community finding a place where they can belong and that they can encounter God's love. From making a salvation decision through to being baptized and seeking to fulfill their God-given purpose. Further afield, I wanted to update you on a partnership we began with One Heart Foundation last year. 
This ministry in Africa run by Dean and Kina Landy, who are in our Life Melbourne campus. It was established in 2007, and last year we committed to build a brand new home to house orphan and abandoned children. We're thrilled to announce that that home is already built and up and running, and children have been brought into it, and through the One Heart family, will receive everything they need to live out their God potential. Looking globally, our work in Cambodia and the relationship we have with the new life based in Phnom Penh continues to grow from strength to strength. So many teams from across life have been up and helped support that vision. Our support of the Next Step houses, the training of pastors in the provinces, and our involvement in education sector through the New Life School is creating practical and tangible change. You see, for all of us, legacy is where we get to decide. Imagine for a moment looking back on your life and being able to say, by God's grace, I, we as a family, we're able to help see God turn up at thousands of needy homes, help those who had lost all hope and believe again, literally fulfill what Isaiah writes in Isaiah 61. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. It's God that has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. Seriously, that's what legacy is all about. And if you're new, here we are, week three of Legacy. We are all committing to see a miracle of 45 million take place so we can be positioned to every year make $20 million worth of community impact. The great news is we've been sharing throughout Legacy is we've had committed so far 25.34 million pledged of which 14.6 million has come in. It's a miracle. To help reach this goal, we are believing for 3,000 legacy partners. Two groups of people, 2,700 builders we call them, and 300 Gideons. Of these numbers, we currently have 2,069 builders and 140 Gideons. It's amazing. And I'm asking you to become part of that. Whatever you could do, become a builder, become a Gideon, but join us on the team to make a huge difference. If today you would consider becoming a part of our legacy team, then I'm asking you to take hold of the envelope in front of you. If you're online, you can go to our website. It has all of the information needed, but more important than what you write on there is what you have in your heart, that you've got something from God. There are many of us that have committed for three and a half years to do what we've never done before, to see the miracle that God has positioned us in become a reality. I wanna thank you and everyone today that has already said yes, because never forget that legacy creates a generational echo and it's together that we enable lasting change. I reckon we should stand to our feet and give God some praise. Come on, let's put our hands together and seriously, Thank God for every miracle. You know, we're going to pray together. I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I get so moved to, to think that in my time here on earth, I'll be able to stand in eternity and look back and say, 
we made a difference. We made a difference. You know, I get emails every week from Life TV where people have sat down and, and just turned on the TV and go, wow, I never heard what I just heard. And I, and I look at that and I think that's because we all made a difference. It's amazing. Father, we just thank you that you have given to us this incredible opportunity to join you, to see the miracle of heaven touch earth, to see the wonder of what we've experienced become a reality for so many. And we just pray that you will continue to lead us so that we will see more and more people come to know who Jesus is and to experience, as we've heard today, his love and forgiveness. We pray a blessing on those we're standing next to today in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a hug on your way down. High five at least. Just say, stay awake. Be involved. Well, what an awesome, awesome day to be in Melbourne. You know, I was, uh, last night, the World Cup was on, the Cricket World Cup. And so, of course, uh, uh, either Australia or New Zealand win, I win. That's the way I'm looking at it, you see. It's kind of like we're both in. And uh, for those that haven't had much time with me, Marie, my wife is Australian. Our three boys are Australian. And I spent 10 years working amongst the heathens here in Sydney. And... Uh, and it's just so good, always so good to be with Pastor Craig and Nadia, aren't they? Come on, let's thank God for them and everything that they bring. If you were in church a couple of weeks ago, I, I said this, that God creates seasons, but we activate moments. You know, God has far more for us than we could ever imagine. And I believe that God in His Father heart is just wanting to do so much more in us and through us and for us. And when you look at these videos, you've got to remember 28 years ago, you had a couple of leaders, Marie and I, who felt completely inadequate. We looked at the gifts and the skills that we had and thought, God, you're asking us to do something we could never do. But in it, we said yes. And I loved last week where Dr. Sam Chan, remember, and uh, reminded of it in the prayer meeting this morning, it's kind of like, I got destiny you got destiny, we got destiny. Come on, nothing's going to stop us. And, and if we just took that echo every day, it's like, oh, I'm a person of destiny. I, I might be under the pump right now. I might be through a dark time, a deep valley, but God has created me with high expectation. God, God's created to use me. And, and today I want to talk about this thought, how that when we live out our yes, Heaven is activated. And your yes and my yes might be completely different, but this whole thought of living out a yes and what a yes does when, as I said, we said yes to putting live TV on in multiple countries, it began the unfolding of uh, an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to touch people. And there is this incredible generational echo that is created out of completed obedience. This thought of, I'm not just coming along and wishing I could do it. I'm going to stand up. And when you look at the videos that we've had over the last three weeks, they don't tell the whole story, but they're outcomes of somebody's obedience, somebody's yes. And sometimes we look at our yes and we, we don't think much about it. But I think here at Life, we're pretty good on articulating the what. What are we here to do? What are we here to see? We're here to see people encounter Jesus. Why are we? committing ourselves to legacy, to be a church that would create some incredible platform for us to reach the needs of everyday people. For me, it's not about raising the 45 million. It's about seeing 
at least $20 million every year of community impact taking place. Surely the church has got to be the go-to place. When you find yourself in need and for us to say, hey, we're here and we can help. So the what and the why are important, but not as important as the I will. God, you've got my yes. Whatever that looks like, I'm here for you to take me on a journey. And uh, I think legacy for me, and I know for many of us, is Something that once we get to 2020, the end of 2020, and we see this miracle, it can only be a miracle. That God is going to begin to show us that we are now ready for a greater supernatural breakthrough season. I want you to think about a parent today. If you're a good, healthy parent, you are wanting the best for your kids. But before you release the best for your kids, you want to ensure they're ready So it doesn't destroy them, it actually propels them into something more. And I believe, I feel like God is saying supernaturally, I'm putting a test before you, Paul. I'm putting a test before life. I'm putting a test before families that are a part of life to go, is there a real yes to me? Because if there's a real yes to me, then there's going to be a yes from heaven to them. And that thought, so it's not really about all the activity, and yet it is about the activity. It's the why, it's the what, and it's the I will. And I have been drawn again and again throughout Legacy this year to the story of Abraham and Sarah and their journey with Isaac. Uh, A little bit about it, again, if you haven't been around or you don't know it, how would you like God to kind of knock on your door one day and promise you something that was the very thing you longed for? And then God, with his promise, didn't turn up and fulfill your expectation for a lifetime. Would you agree along the way, you'd be tempted to give up? I'm talking to people in this room. It's like God is saying, you know what? I've said some things to you that are in my heart. But I'm wanting to prepare you so that you're ready for the outcome. So Abraham and Sarah every month, every year, every decade, looked at each other and they said, but God said, but there is no baby. They tried to do it another way through another woman, you know, the story, and there still was no baby. Finally, Isaac is born and it's like, wow, we never thought it was going to happen. I've learned that faith is actually not conditioned to our time frame. But if God says Isaac's coming, Isaac's coming. And it's like, where's the yes? Is the yes a yes that would stand true all the time? They waited for a lifetime for what was their most precious gift. And it was beyond valuable. And then God rocks up. If you know the story, we'll look at it today again. And he basically says, I want you to take now your son. Your most precious thing. It's beyond value that you can describe. And I want you to sacrifice him to me at the land of Moriah. I wonder how we would respond with that. It's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not saying yes to that. Come on, I'm not saying yes to something that's going to cost me a whole lot. We just waited a lifetime for this. And God came because God, listen to this, we're setting them, them up for some level of legacy that the planet hadn't seen. And I kind of feel prophetically that 
this is not about what we're trying to raise. It's about God setting us up as individuals, as couples, as families, as church, to be able to warrant an explosion of heaven. But it's going to take this full yes when we live out our yes. In fact, verse 15 of Genesis 22, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, and he said to him, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. It's the same God that said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't swear by the heaven or the earth, but God is so moved. You've got to remember, God is an emotional being. And he says, I, I swear on the authority of eternity, of my Godhead, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld the most precious possession you have, your son. I will bless you. And I will multiply your descendants like the sand of the seashore and your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies. Here's the words. Because you have, because you understood the what, the why, and you added I will because you have, then I will. Could you imagine that many of us can have a faith in God but live limited to the breath of heaven in our sails? Because we haven't come to a point where God has got our full yes. It's kind of like, well, I believe God could do anything. I believe God could do it. And it's God says, well, you've got to realize that maybe, I think for us in life, and I am serious with this, I, I feel like God has put a test before us. And he's put a test to say, this generational echo that you've been praying for, could this be the very thing that will unlock this next level of supernatural Breakthrough. It's just a yes. It's like, well, why would you want my son when we didn't have him for our whole lives? We're just getting used to him and now you want to take him? But listen to this. The yes of Abraham and Sarah for their lifetime caused them to realize that God could be trusted. Many of us don't believe that because we haven't given him the yes. It's always a qualified yes. Circumstantial yes. 28 years ago, Marie and I just said, yep, whatever. Don't feel like we could do it. We're talking to Pastor Craig and Nadia about coming to Melbourne. And it was a shock to them. And they said, well, we just got to hear from God. I said, exactly. That's what you need to do. As soon as they heard from God, tears running down their face. I'll never forget it. Yes. Aren't we thankful? They're not here when it's just good. They're not here when it's easy street. It's like, no, we said yes. Because you've done this thing. I will. I want the I will of God in my future. I want the I will of God in the generations that follow. I want the I will of God in your family. I want the I will of God in front of you. And I think God is waiting for us to live out our yes. To do that, I think the first thing that Abraham said is, here I am. See, the I will yes that we live out begins with a a here I am heart. It's kind of like this. It's a hard issue, this thing. It's not about what you have or you don't have. This is more about you. It's about, do you have, yep, you've got my heart, God. And, and as I said, I think there are tests and there are exams that God puts us through to see how ready we are to take more of who he is. Could, could you imagine a future that wasn't conditioned by your own gift? Can you imagine what a future would be like if it wasn't just up to your own energy? 
It was the wind of God because you passed the test. God got your heart so therefore he could entrust into your hands something so much greater than that. And God's test was, I'm going to want you to go to the land of Moriah, but I'm not telling you which mountain. And it's like, here we go again. So God, you promised the son. You didn't tell us when. And so we got confused. But then we learned to trust that if you said Isaac's coming, Isaac's coming. Now you're wanting to take Isaac and people say, well, how would God want a human sacrifice? No, God didn't want the human sacrifice. God wanted a yes heart. And I don't know how God's going to do it with you, but God is going to bring you. And if you back off the exam and the test, you don't get the result. God's love is there for you. God's forgiveness is there for you. But God will not entrust his authority and his blessing like the sand of the seashore unless he has a heart that has had an unqualified yes. And that's what God is saying. It's kind of like, you've just got to trust me. You're going to, it's like God says, can you believe me for 45 million? Well, God, you can do anything. It could be 450 million. I still believe you could do it. I don't know how it's going to do it. But you know what I found myself saying to God? God, you said Isaac's coming. I don't know when, I don't know how. All I'm going to do is just say, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep walking towards the mountain because you've got my heart. We're not backing off. And maybe today you're just in church because God wants you here and say, you've given up. You've given up because you can't see it in your time frame. You've given up because you haven't had the outcome that you believe God promised. And God says, I haven't given up. I'm just seeing whether your heart is a yes heart. Because when your heart is a yes heart, doesn't matter what comes. doesn't matter how many scars there are. Because God wants you to experience his blessing. But he doesn't want the blessing then to become a distraction. So it begins with a here I am heart. It secondly has an engagement decision. There comes a point in all of our lives where you can believe it all, but you've got to engage it. I come from the vintage where there were only manual cars. How many know you can rev the car as much as you like? Come to church every week and rev the car. Come on, sing the songs. You can believe that God's word, oh, that was great to be reminded of that. Man, we can do all things through Christ. But you've got to go out on Monday and engage the gear stick. And I just pray, I simply pray that all of us that are a part of life are going to engage. If this is what God's asking us to do, it's like put it in gear. You say, yeah, but I, I don't have four gears like you. Well, just if, if you've got one gear, just use the one gear you've got. Start where you're at. It's not, and people go, well, what do you mean? Oh, I've been saying to, the, to Auckland, and I think I might have said it on the video. Come on, all of us can do something. You imagine if we, we all just did $5 a week, if we had nothing. That's one coffee. Well, what's the point of $5 a week? Well, a whole lot of $5 a week makes a whole lot of difference. Engage. Oh, now I'm feeling pressured. No, you're being fathered. Do you want your future just to be limited to your own ability? Or do you want to unlock? Blessing, I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll bless you. Come on, your descendants will take the gates of their enemy. I was just watching Brendan this morning leading the prayer meeting, Brendan and Ange. And as long as I can remember, it's kind of like they've just said to me, as soon as I met them, we're in. That doesn't mean they haven't doubted at times and had to work through their process. Like I have to work through. We're in. You've got a yes heart and you've got us engaged. And I'm not blowing their trumpet, but they said, oh, well, you know, we are on Friday. I love this. On Friday, we sat down, filled the thing in. Didn't even have to wait for Sunday. We know what God said and here we are. You know what? The wind of God's going to come. 
in ways you've never, ever seen. And it's like, that is it. And this is that legacy understanding. I've got to wrap it up. See, it needs a here I am heart. It needs an engagement decision, but it also needs a legacy understanding. Look at me. Whether you're in or you're not, whether you're new or you're not, whether you trust us or you don't, just hear this. God is testing you to see if you are ready to carry the blessing he has stored up for you. See, that legacy understanding is tomorrow's blessing is always determined by today's obedience. So as a dad, very simply, I'll give my kids license. If they're obedient and they carry it, then I can release more. I would be an unhealthy dad not to do it. And, and we, we sing this morning, it's your breath in our lungs. And it's like God saying, don't you realize everything about you is me? And you can't trust me with this. And that's why you continue to struggle, go around the same mulberry bush. You know, get pumped up on Sunday, but never have an echo that has so many things. I look back and it's kind of like, you know, I think Abraham, as I bring it to a close, I think Abraham looked back and God says, I want you to take your son. And he said, wow, you said the son was coming and we had many times we didn't believe it, but he came. So therefore, we know everything we have is yes. So you've got a yes heart. You've got an engaged decision. It's not just something out there. We're engaging. And we're understanding that on the other side of this, there must be more that God wants to do. And so we're going. And he left and God is waiting for us to live out our yes. And every time a human being says yes to God, do you know what happens? Lives encounter more of God. It always begins with an active heart response. Let's have a look at the second part of the video. So I'm a mama four and happily married to Clayton. We've been married for 14 years. So yeah, together for 16, so it's good. Clay and I both have had a heart for missions. And then at some point Clay was part of teams going over to Cambodia and Thailand. And somewhere in there we got a little bit of a hold of what had happened in the history of Cambodia. Pretty much every family over there has lost multiple family members, loved ones, you know, like an entire generation has dealt with massive suffering. So when I first went, I can only explain it as a God thing, just for myself, but just a real love for the people there. But I think it was different from what I had anticipated. You know, growing up watching World Vision ads and wanting to save the world, I imagined myself um, rocking babies to sleep. You know, it sounds funny, but you know, like, you, you watch these things and you want to help. In reality, the relationships we formed were probably more with the people that were running the programs that we were serving in, in order to support them to do what they do best. And when I think about legacy, I think sometimes you get the privilege of actually being the physical hands and feet of Jesus. And sometimes, um, you know, he asks more of us financially, and I love that over the years I've become more generous, and it's not of my own accord. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally. I'm of Dutch heritage, and, you know, we're careful with our money, but God has challenged us 
so I hope that we get to be physical hands and feet again in Cambodia and we have a heart to go there but for everyone at life that does give to legacy a little bit goes a long way and I just think it's a massive privilege that we're part of a church that not only impacts Auckland but that you know over in Cambodia this amazing nation that God loves um, life is investing into. Hey it's so good to spend a couple of minutes talking about Cambodia and what we're doing through Legacy. If you could sit down with one of the people that have been impacted up there what, what would you say to them? To them I'd say that I'm proud of them. Yeah. Um, to them I would say, you know, God's got an amazing plan for them. Yeah. And I'd want to encourage them for what God's got in their heart to do for their nation. Yeah. Or beyond. Yeah. I've got one last question for you. We have had a chat to Clayton, without you knowing. Mm. We've had a chat to your work. Yeah. And both of those are on board. So all we need to know now is would you be willing to jump on a plane and come to Cambodia and sit down and have a chat? with some of the people who we've affected and been able to partner with through Legacy. Yes, please. Would you? Yes. Awesome, because we leave in about 12 days' time, so I think you've got a passport issue, so we probably need to wrap this up so you can go and apply for a passport. Are you serious? Dead serious. So here we are in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. It's 42 degrees here today, and I'm about to introduce Janelle to a young lady who we've all had the opportunity to be a part of her story through Legacy. This young lady has come through the Next Step Houses, which are designed to help young girls transition from provincial life to city life. But before we make the introduction, let's have a look at Ali's story. I'm 28 years old, and I live in Kandahar province. My mom passed away when I was young. I really don't remember her face. I think I was like 10 years old, and my father, he decided to get married again with my mom's sister. She yelling at me, she blamed me. Said that I'm stupid, I'm not beautiful, and I start believing in her voice, what she said to me. When I first met Jesus, I'm 16. I went to study English at Foundation Center at my province home, and the teacher has always shared gospel to share gospel to the student, and I said that he's crazy. <laughs> I came to learn English not to hear the gospel. But he keeps saying it and until like God touching my heart. When I finished at high school, I was 19 years old. My family is a big family, so they need me to find an, a, a job to support family. I working at my home church for years, and then I feeling that like kind of like God is moving me forward, not just stay at my home church. At that time, I love my job, but I know that God is God's plan is always the best for us. And I decided, okay, I stopped working there and I moved to Phnom Penh to 
apply for a Growentry internship. I got a phone call that I passed the interview and I started to live in the next step house. When I first moved into the next step house, I feeling that my life will be changed. I will not be the same. It's the place that gives me love, warmth, this kind of my, my home. I just want to serve God and love God's people. I want to see everyone like encounter with God's love. I want to see them that like God have a great plan for their life. They are not alone. They have value because of God. What a phenomenal story. In just a moment, we get to meet Ali. How are you feeling? I'm really excited to meet her, um, learn a little bit more about her story and kind of hear her heart. Hello. Hello. Hi. How about you? I'm doing good. Good. Yes. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It's been an honour to hear your story. And Janelle and I have been so looking forward to meeting you because Janelle, uh, along with her husband and kids, are a part of Legacy. And out of Legacy, we support the Next Step Houses. And we'd love to hear how has the Next Step Houses affected and changed and impacted your life? So I'm so grateful to the Lord and thank you, Lord, that God bless us through you. I know my identity in Christ because I live in the next step house. Awesome. And the next step house is kind of the house for my new step. The next step house has changing me. I love it. We've heard so much about the next step houses over the years. Every time we talk about legacy, we talk about the next step houses. How does it feel to take it from talking about it to sitting at a table? with an amazing young lady yeah. who's been through the Next Step House. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's a privilege to be here and to meet you, Ali. Excuse me if I cry. <laughs> um, you know, when you talk, I see Jesus in you, you know, like he's so alive um, in you and it's so refreshing yeah. and exciting to know that what we do at life, um, sometimes you don't see it until we see an update on a screen but it's real and your life has been transformed and in turn you're investing in other people's lives like that's a legacy that's yeah, what we yeah. talk about generation to generation yeah. you know yeah. yeah it's exciting and it's so hot here your eyes water hey <laughs> they do like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey Ali I'd love to hear what, what does life look like for you now so I'm doing like a dynamic service coordinator in the life church. Dynamic service coordinator. So you're involved in the Sunday services, putting together the Sunday services. Yes. Wow. You know, I always pray to the Lord that God, I just want to serve you, and I just want to love your people. I'm so thankful to the Lord that I have a privilege to serve my God kingdom, to serve God's people. Yeah, yeah. It's a big blessing. Yeah. Well, to hear you say, I just want to use my life to see people encounter God, and now here you are, part of a team that creates an environment for thousands of people across a weekend to encounter God. Thank you. I just think you're amazing. Everything that you say brings glory to God, and we're just excited to <laughs> see, to be on the journey with you, totally. and to have an update, and you know, follow your journey. And I just want you to um, be bold, eh, and step into everything that God has for you. Hey, I heard a rumor that you now are a leader of the Next Step Houses. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. How, how, many, how many girls do you lead now in the Next Step Houses? So in the Next Step House, we have 30 girls. 
30 girls. Yes, from the other uh, different province. We have like a small Bible study together and especially like one-on-one -on -one catch up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spending time with her, let them feel that this is their home, mm -hmm. not yeah. just a place for them to stay for a while, mm -hmm. but it's a home that yeah. they can share what they have yeah. with the other sister. Yeah. Yeah. You're a champion. There are thousands of people who you've never met who are your family, who believe in you and who are praying for you. And we, we count it a huge honour that we get to do this journey with you. And I'd love to, if, if you're okay, I'd love for you to look at the camera and just send a message to the hundreds and thousands of people who are watching this on a Sunday, who are part of Legacy, who support Next Steps. What would you like to say to them? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So I really thankful to the Lord for everything that God has done in our life. And thank you so much for everyone over there. Thank you for investing in our life, that our life was changed because of you guys. Thank you so much. And may God bless you. This is awesome. So good. Hey, Ali, here's what we'd love to do. We'd love to pray for you. Lord God, I just thank you so much for Ali and this beautiful daughter of you. Um, Jesus, we thank you for where you've brought her from, Lord God, and how open her heart has been towards you. And Jesus, uh, we just thank you for the future you have for her, the amazing future. Thank you for the thousands of young women that she's going to impact with her story, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. about you but uh, I've seen that a few times I'm still crying you know the story that we've just heard of Ali is, is on the other side of somebody's completed obedience we live in a world where we think we've got it tough but we're surrounded by people that don't have Jesus and if you heard it somebody's yes brought her into the next steps and the ones become 30. There are 30 now going, this is helping me take my next step to discover God. And I, I feel like, as I said before, that God is saying to me, Paul, you're yet to see what will happen when a generation of people have this unqualified yes and don't just have an obedient moment, but complete their obedience no matter what. Because that is the place where the breath and the wind of heaven is released to do something. And I'm, I'm moved that Abraham, a man like you or I, was able to unlock God's I will. Imagine what we could do in Melbourne. I said, imagine what we could do in Melbourne. You might go, but Melbourne's a big city, yeah, but God's bigger than the city. God's looking for channels. God's looking for hearts. And you do some study. I'd encourage you to read over and over the story of Abraham. And verse 9, see this completed obedience unlocks God's I will. They came to the place where God had told them to go and Abraham built an altar and he placed the wood on the altar and he bound Isaac, his son. I don't know if we really get that. That's just a story to us. 
Isaac would have had fear in his eyes. He had no understanding. He hadn't journeyed with God. The father's heart was crying out, God, this is big. And then verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand. And he literally, I have no doubt, was about to kill his son. But he had something that was deeper than that moment. He had the fact that he'd proved if he stayed obedient, God could resurrect what couldn't be done. He'd seen it in the gift of Isaac. And then verse 11, the angel of the Lord called out to him and said, Abraham, Abraham, here he says it again, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on your lad. Don't do anything to him. Here it is, for now I know. I wonder if God's looked at parts of your life yet and been able to say, now I know. Now I know that they can trust me. And so therefore I can entrust them. Now I know. I, I, I've been sort of with God over this and it's going, God, you got foreknowledge. You know all things. But God himself said, I know all things. I know the outcomes. But I watched the decision of obedience. And you just didn't have an obedient moment. You completed the obedience. You were going to take him. Now I know. Come on, how many want to live with the now I know? It's kind of like, I know I can trust life. I know I can trust this family. I know I can trust this individual. I know I can trust this couple. Because you have not withheld. I wonder what could be if we lived that place. And in that moment, the Bible says in verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket. Most of us never get to see God's provision because we never get to the mountain he's asking us to go to. You don't see the ram until you've committed your obedience. You can be in church, I keep saying this, but you can be here being moved every Sunday, have, have no empowered supernatural future because today's obedience qualifies you because you've made a decision you trust God. I don't know where God's going to take life in the future, but I know this, we're saying yes. I said, we're saying yes. We're saying yes in Auckland. We're saying yes in Melbourne. We're saying yes wherever God leads us, whatever partnerships we're going to work with. We're just going, we're saying yes. If you want us to do it, we're going to climb it. Because I've come to realise you won't see Isaac when you thought you'd see him. You will not see what you think is going to happen. You just need an unqualified yes and a complete obedience. And then once you get to the top, the mountain, you didn't even tell Sarah about Come on, you just did it. There was a ram that was waiting and God's provision began to do the impossible. Obedience determines the level of God's response. I really believe that. I, I love this quote. It was in the US Civil War. Abraham Lincoln, who had a deep faith, didn't go to church, but he went to a minister's prayer breakfast and one of the ministers said, Mr. President, we need to pray that God be on our side. He responded, no, gentlemen. We need to pray that we are on God's side. There's a big difference. It's like, God, come and fix this up for me. God, do it on my terms. God says, no, if you do it on my terms. Come on, you get the breath of heaven in the generations that follow you. How many would agree we're in a world that's going down the tubes pretty quickly? Come on, everything's been compromised. I tell you the answer is the breath of God through you and me. Let's not try to stop the evil. Let's build the channel of God's greatness. 
through who we are. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time, verse 15, and said, by myself I have sworn because you've done this thing, you've not withheld your son. So we read before, I'll multiply your descendants. And then here it is, the seed and your seed. I thank God that in a small way, the seed that comes from Melbourne and Auckland in Cambodia is bringing hope, hope and life to families everywhere. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. Pastor Craig read that verse. How much more? How much more would your heavenly Father, if He knows we will trust Him, then He's released to entrust us. We haven't seen anything yet. I'm telling you, we haven't seen anything yet. We've got the government knocking at our doors in Auckland. And as we build the community emphasis here in Melbourne, the same thing's going to begin to happen now. They're the beginning to say they, they've just commissioned, we're working with another couple in our church in the foster care. I think I've mentioned that before. and They've just commissioned us to literally have a next stage of reforming foster care throughout the nation. And it's like the breath of God's going to come if, if we can trust Him with a little if we have obedience with what he's asking us to do, no matter whether we can see the ram or not. Come on, if I Isaac is promised, Isaac will come. And you go, well, how will 45 million come? Oh, I, I can't even work that one out. Maybe you're here today. You're a millionaire. You're in the right place at the right time. But it's not actually. I've learned over the years, it's not all often people with money. It's the people with obedience that go collectively and it's the completion of our obedience that releases God. Here's the, here's the thought. Have you ever felt like, well, God, you said to do it and I did it, but then I'm struggling because I haven't seen what I expected to see. I think if you haven't experienced that, you're not really following God because <laughs> God sometimes will wait, wait a lifetime. Sometimes he'll wait more than one season to what we thought should have happened. But I felt like God just nudged me last week and He says, you know why I wait? Because I'm watching. I'm waiting and watching to see if you'll complete the obedience. And when you say, well, God hasn't come through, He's watching. He's seeing if you're ready for the next level. If I'm ready for the next level of obedience. And you know, the 2020 vision came in a God moment and God said, can you believe me? And I said, I can believe you. And now God is watching to see whether we'll do everything that we know to do to see it happen and that's where the miracle will be formed and let's believe together that God is going to move every one of our hearts can you say amen to do something we hope you enjoyed this podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau.org